like, you got to nourish the kids. Yeah. Like, we, we don't have role models. We lost all of them during the AIDS epidemic. Mm -hmm. Like, they, we were stigmatized and we were erased and then we were deleted. Mm -hmm. And our histories are only tragic. Yeah. And that's only been perpetuated by queer history and cinema. No queer story ends positively. Yeah. And, and only things that we can relate to are the villains. Yeah. I love being a villain. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And there's so much queer jewelry, like you said, so it's yeah. important that we archive some of that in our history so everyone is yeah. 20 years down, 30 years down, they can see, okay, this happened, but then it got better eventually. Yeah. So that was, that's really important. Okay. Hi, guys. Hi, everybody. Hi. Everyone. Welcome to Tutu's podcast in partnership with Adidas. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for coming. Um, this is episode 118, so this will be on our Spotify for everybody to listen to. But thank you so much for coming. Yes, welcome. Hi. Mm. Yeah. Hi, my name is Nana. I forgot <laughs> to introduce myself. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to introduce myself. My name is Nana. And I'm Rose. And we are TT's podcast. Yes. Thank you so much. And we have a special guest in the building, Ryan Anji. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, it's my absolute pleasure. Yes. Now, would you like to introduce yourself a little bit to the people? I'm sure people know you because you are fabulous. Oh, thank but you. Um, introduce yourself to the people. Um, I am the host of BBC Three's new television show called The Big Proud Party Agency that's airing tonight. Mm. Um, so make sure you, whoever's listening to it now goes on iPlayer and watches all of the episodes. Um, but also, th some of my pride and joys in my career are creating Hungama, which is East London's queer alternative Bollywood night. Mm. And I am very proud to be here with Adidas uh, supporting and creating uh, uh, the collective called NDY, which stands for Not Dead Yet, mm -hmm. which creates space for non-binary trans people of color in I think more white-centered gym spaces. Mm -hmm. Why did I put air quotes? This is what it is. <laughs> True. Yeah. You went into it. We're going to talk about safe and inclusive spaces. Mm -hmm. We're going to get straight into it now. Um, so as queer people, it's really important for us to be in spaces that are safe, inclusive, especially so we can be ourselves, be authentic, mm -hmm. and just be fly. Do you know what I mean? All of us sitting here, all of us sitting here, all great. Yeah. yeah. We look amazing. You look amazing. Look amazing. Adidas, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, this is what this space is all about. So if you want to talk about NDY a little bit, um, how it started, and and why it exists? Well, I, I need to first say that growing up in East London, and I want to say growing up because I moved here when I was 23, mm -hmm. and I, I've done everything from like serving pizza to selling watches at G-Shock to that is not a paid partnership thing. <laughs> that was just no. reality. They fired me because I didn't fit the brand, and um, I am okay with that. But so, I, um, what does that mean? Yeah, what does that mean? Yeah, we need to get that. <laughs> I was into all the vintage watches. I didn't want to okay. wear the G-Shock. Okay. And then yeah, they were like, so yeah. sorry, we need someone who's really into the Kanye collaboration. And I was mm -hmm. like, whatever. So I just like sold all the watches they gave me for free on the street. And then I went to Paris. <laughs> <laughs> That's you know, you I hear it, you know, there's money to be made with it. I hear it, I actually hear it. Anyways, aside from their little plug that they don't need, um, I um, worked so hard and then I realized that East London, when you're not on your path or following your passion, what happens is you can get caught up in the nightlife, like you go out a lot and then you start like destroying your body and like uh, doing things that you don't need to be doing when you're there to follow your dreams. So what I did was I got a job at a gym and I was like handing out towels and I just wanted to, I just wanted to use the gym classes and use the trainers to um, nourish my body. Mm -hmm. um, and the only reason I, I know that uh, that's what I did is because looking back, I can see that that was a survival mechanism that I had. Um, but what happened was during the pandemic, um, I just remembered all that muscle memory being like, no, I need to move my body. I need to go for a run. I need to do a hit class. I need to do some yoga. And in this world now that we live in, it's all about mindfulness and meditation and having active rest. And then I just had a moment where I was like, whoa, 
I don't think queer people have that option. Like, we're all living in flat chairs. We've been exiled from our families. We have run away from home. We, our friends all went home who could, could, and now we're just here suffering in isolation. So I was approached by someone um, who's incredible. Their name is Daniel Morgan. And um, they were like, we have this, like, incubator app thing that we're trying to build that basically is for people to like travel the world in groups and like organize their entire itinerary and i was like babe it's a pandemic no one can go anywhere <laughs> yeah. i was like what you need to do is start making sure that queer people are getting what they need and he was like how are we going to do that side note he was obsessed with doing these things that he called gay jacking and um he would just like go to a gym with all of his gay friends and they take over the space and i was like cool yeah i'll come with you yeah. so i went to the first one and I was just like immediately triggered. I was immediately on the back of the room. I was immediately the only person of color. And I was like, Dan, we have a problem. Yeah. And he's like, what? It's like, this is what we need to fix. I was like, you have the privilege of paying for the classes um, that are extremely expensive, that do not support and prioritize queer people of color, non-binary or trans people in this space. And we're all suffering in East London and we have nothing to do. Mm -hmm. I was like, can you invest some of the money um, into hosting classes on Zoom with queer people of color trainers? He was like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. Unfortunately, Dan didn't keep stay with the, the business, so he just gave me a little lump sum of money that he had and said, go do this, because it sounds good. What are you going to call it? I said, NDY. And he said, why? I was like, because we're not dead yet. And this is not our first epidemic. I was like, we're going to survive, but we need to nourish the kids. Yeah. And so he handed it to me, so I will always shout him out. And what I did was I paid for all the coaches that I knew who were queer and of color to host a class committed every day for the entirety of lockdown. And um, we wow. had meditation, we had stretching, we had central body movement, so you could like touch yourself if you were alone and you needed to have some sort of sensation. Mm -hmm. We did a high, in high intensity interval training class. Uh, we did a, what is normally a spin class, but we just did it without a bike. Um, so it was a lot of skiing. <laughs> <laughs> and we did a weights class, and the one that I'm most proud of is our weights class that we did in British Sign Language, because we had people who were on Zoom um, lifting weights on their own and the whole class was done in sign language so no one was speaking right. and uh, it was during that time that i realized that we need to be nourishing people and they need ex they need to be centered and we're not mm -hmm. doing it i'm very proud to say that at the end of it we had over three and a half thousand people around the world take the classes um, we also did gong bath too which is really fun mm -hmm. we had one person take it and then they messaged us like seven hours later going i just woke up pandemic. <laughs> but that's where NDY came from, and that is, is my baby, my pride and joy. And I am trying my best to take what we learned, that R&D, and take it into these gym spaces that are run by white people, run by cis straight men, mm -hmm. and try to teach them that, listen, you can't prioritize Becky and mm -hmm. Ken. Yeah. They, 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 need to, they need to learn. They need to unpack. Yeah. And I've done the legwork. Let me come in and do it. Right. Mm -hmm. So we take these gym spaces and we turn, turn the changing rooms into gender neutral spaces. I make sure I verify the trainer and um, we have an NDY team of like volunteers and people who work with me who come in and make sure everyone meets each other, greets each other, has a, a euphoric experience and we help the trainers unlearn their bias. Mm -hmm. I think it's really important to kind of note that when you do all these things and you make this space and including making it do sign language as well it's it gives you a certain like mental calm mm. and you're taking care of someone's mental health in those spaces as well when it's a well-being thing um because like you said you went into the space and your back was against the wall yeah and yeah. people get nervous to go into spaces that are fitness spaces and gyms because you know, there's a lot of bravado in there yeah. there's a lot of kind of even be myself and mm. you know so i think it's really important that you guys you did this because i guess it made people comfortable and they have peace of mind and at the end of the day that's what we need yes. but queer yeah. joy is so much more fun mm -hmm. especially 
especially in a fitness class. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you think about it, most people who go onto a mat are coming there because they have an addiction or they have a weakness, a mental health weakness or a physical weakness, mm -hmm. and they're trying to get stronger. Mm -hmm. But as soon as you're there, your brain starts telling you what you're not capable of. Mm -hmm. I can't do the next push-up. I can't lift that weight. And you're there watching all these other people who have the privilege of being able to commit to it every yeah. day, doing yeah. it better than you. We as queer people are not told that we're good enough. Yeah. And so what happens if you make a space where we're all equal and we're all seen? Yeah. Tell everyone to smile, change the music, and make it better. <laughs> that part. I think this would be good for Nana because we start the gym. Yes, I was going to go into that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> start Sorry, the gym. We started the gym at the beginning of the year and um, um, we went for a good solid two and a half months. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, we, we quit now, but I'm... Is <laughs> Dead, dead. We can't, no. Because you know, the extra push-up wasn't yeah, coming. Extra push -up. Right. <laughs> you know what, Rose would be like, you can do it, you can do it. <laughs> like, look at my arms, yep. they're skinny. It takes commitment. And so this is where I found that there was a, a gap that I could create. So I obviously talked about Hungama and how it was my like very personal like a, a space that I created to engage the South Asian queer community. I was like, why don't we take the DJs from these nights, like Pussy Palace, Babes, right. um, Inferno, Hungama, and get them to play or curate playlists for the trainers. Mm. Yeah. And so and promote it. So what we had were these club collectives that were creating intentional spaces where you're bringing everyone in to meet each other, but you're still harboring yourselves under um, the sound system culture that's quite destructive. Like you're only like a couple of conversations away from drugs or alcohol and sobriety is not celebrated there. Mm -hmm. So what happens is the club say, hey, listen, you can also get a ticket to NDY when our DJ is going to be there. Yeah, yeah. I was very, very proud that we were collaborating with Block and um, we had Pussy Palace DJing. And I just, for some reason, I was like, hey, listen, Listen, everyone, who has been to Pussy Palace before? We had 20 people in the class and only three people had gone. No. Yeah. And so that meant no. that the, there was like 17 <laughs> people who did not have a sober option yeah. of Pussy Palace. Uh -huh. I, I mean, Pussy Palace is a sanctuary. I'm very yeah. proud of that. Um, Nadine, nor uh, previously Nadine Artois, who, mm -hmm. who created that amazing genesis of a party that's changed the world, has, has helped um, with some of the internal infrastructure of NDY and its belief system. Mm -hmm. So I'm very proud to have them involved as well. But um, it was just a moment where I was like, queer club culture can transition into fitness. Yes. We just need to get everyone aligned. Yeah, I think it's so important because a lot of the time when we talk about spaces, it's always club nights, it's always involving drinking. Yeah. And obviously me and me and Rosie, we, we provide spaces as well, but we mm. do want to venture into things that aren't just not you know, drinking. We also want to ha have a space where people who don't drink, because there's so many people yeah. who go out, they don't drink, they don't enjoy like, that kind of like, you know, lit turn up. <laughs> it's a bit much sometimes, isn't it? I mean, queer people don't just club. Yes. We also don't just go to an art gallery and we don't just... <laughs> yeah, not the yeah. art gallery. <laughs> and, and if those yeah. are not an option, we don't do life drawing all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some of us can't draw. I can't. We need to create safe spaces. Yeah. And I think what's really important to know is that like, through doing that, I started to like, realize that some people's stories and what they were going through. And trans people are being attacked left, right and center on the streets. It is not safe for them to go home. We are not teaching them self-defense. We are not teaching them how to come and protect themselves in their body mm -hmm. or start working with the dysphoria in the space. Yeah. Like if, if, if a trans person is taking a boxing class, it could be because of the fact they're trying to align their masculine feminine energy. Yeah. It's not about them having to protect themselves, mm -hmm. but we're not giving them that space in all these gym spaces. Mm -hmm. yeah. Definitely. So talk about block. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when it comes to block, what days is it available? How do we find it? How do you book? How do you get a membership? Because I had a block membership. Child. <laughs> yes. This is a, a pattern here, guys. <laughs> I'm still here for this. Yes. Yeah, so I had the one. You're uh, my case study. <laughs> yeah. It's so not the next class. We're exactly. Problem. So I had a block membership in Clapton. Yeah. And it was, it's, a nice, it's a nice gym. It's yeah. a nice gym. It's all classes. Um, I did feel included when I went there as well. Yeah. Um, but I didn't see many people that looked like me. Because, yeah. you know, 
the accessibility there is the money at the end yeah. of the yes. day. So how is it more accessible for people like um, queer people of colour to come through? Like how, how can they get in? How do they get in there? It's so funny because when you think about any gym, like they do not like create any sort of optical infrastructure where you can kind of see people in different body types or shades of color. It's like, even if the gym has black people or brown people, at the end of the day, they're promoting to Becky and Kevin. Mm -hmm. And Becky and Kevin look like they're about to go to California and surf and have a green juice. Yeah. We don't need that. <laughs> like, you don't have beaches and green juice the way you do in California. Yeah. Um, I think what we need to do is start realizing that um, the QPOC community is disproportionately affected by systemic racism and uh, economy. Mm -hmm. We just don't make that money. Mm -hmm. So what NDY does is we host a class once a month mm -hmm. and it's free. Okay. So you don't have to pay to be there. Yeah. Yep. And I eventually, hopefully, will come to a way that we can create some sort of sustainable um, infrastructure where we can start to pay, um, pay to keep the community going. So pay what you can. When we first started, it was like five pounds if you could take the class or eight pounds if you could afford it or 10 pounds mm -hmm. um, if, if you were in a financially all right place or 20 pounds if you were white. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah the, the ally <laughs> discount. <laughs> And so, and we did well, but yeah. like for me personally, like as, as someone who has built a career in, in selling tickets for things, it became mentally exhausting. Mm -hmm. I was going through my own stuff as well. Mm -hmm. Like in a way, like NDY was born because of the fact that I didn't want to die. Yeah. I, I need to go through a lot of things and uh, internally and go through self-work and mindfulness and physical activity to keep myself alive. And I just didn't have the energy to get people to pay to do it four times a week. Mm. And so right now we're hosting classes at gyms that need to unlearn their bias and unlearn their, um, I guess the obstacles that they have in creating a safe space for queer people. Mm -hmm. So with Block, they've created an amazing opportunity for me to come in and consult internally, tell them what works, tell them what doesn't, give them feedback about how the classes are, and they're learning. Mm -hmm. uh, and they, they, have a, uh, they have a way to go as well. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna say their gym is perfect, but I think that they have been super supportive and I care about that space very deeply. Yeah. Yeah. But I have also been in there and it can be intimidating. Like mm -hmm. you immediately walk in feeling like you don't belong yeah. to any gym. Yeah. And yeah. there are other gyms that I like 100% will like give them a free quote about why they're getting cancelled. Mm. Yeah, I hear yeah. you. And what about like people? Because I guess like you just mentioned about not looking like you know Ken and Becky going to yeah. California. What about people who don't look like that? Because it can be intimidating going into gym and maybe you don't feel like you, you look your best or you feel your best. How do you get people like that into into those spaces? Well, I think. The success of NDY is I try to take the class as much as possible. I want people to come and come to meet me, mm. and um, and then when they come, I ask them questions, find out what they do, mm -hmm. um, because I work in the cultural industry, let's call it, and I'm a creative producer. Like I have young kids who've come here from India or Ghana and they don't really know English and they haven't really met people and uh, they wanna make friends, but they show me their portfolios and what they're working on. And so I'll like keep it in the back of my mind and I'll try to get them a job or I'll invite them to something. Um, I've taken people for coffee or dinner and like had conversations about like, why, why their dreams are actually uh, a potential reality. Mm -hmm. And um, I am very proud that one of the NDY kids who came regularly, I uh, said they wanted to go to Korea and teach English and Aww. now they're there. Wow. Yeah, amazing. They're going above and beyond. Yeah. But it's like, you, you gotta nourish the kids. Yeah. Like we, we don't have role models. We lost all of them during the AIDS epidemic. Mm -hmm. Like they, we were stigmatized and we were erased and then we were deleted. Mm -hmm. And our histories are only tragic. Yeah. And that's only been perpetuated by queer history and cinema. No no queer story ends positively. Yeah. And, and only things that we can relate to are the villains. Yeah. I love being a villain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And there's so much queer jury, like you said. So it's yeah. important that we archive some of that in our history. So everyone yeah. is 20 years down, 30 years down, they can see, okay, this happened, but then it got better eventually. Yeah. So that was, that's really important. It's super, super important. And I think it's, 
it's difficult because I can't give you a straight answer, lol. Um, <laughs> I, I, I can't tell you that if you walk into a gym, you won't feel black. But mm. If I walk into a gym, I won't feel Asian. Mm. Um, if someone meets me, they see my name on the membership screen saying Ryan Langey, they will hear my voice, I sound American, mm -hmm. they'll immediately start going through their own pyramid of why I'm okay and palpable. Mm -hmm. And I just can't have that anymore. Yeah. I need to go sit down with these coaches, uh, whether it be from sport brands or fitness spaces, and be like, let me take the class and let me see where we get triggered. Yeah. I mean, most commonly when you walk into a gym class, people say, all right, ladies, come on, guys, let's mm -hmm. go. And that's not how we operate. We should go people, group, team. Mm -hmm. and other things that I always talk to people about who, the, who are participate in the NDY classes are how we shouldn't start dealing with trauma in order to create success. So like on the mat, they'll be like, oh, have an extra sit up, or you can do this last sit up and then afford that glass of wine tonight. <laughs> or like, yeah. then you can get that, that big burger, greasy burger yeah. or those, that plate of nachos. Like you don't need to do that. You don't know he who's here trying to f fix their body and heal themselves and fix their health. You don't know why as well. You don't yeah. know why they're there. So basically just empathy, mm -hmm. isn't it? Yeah, so with the classes, what kind of class is it? Because I heard that there's a Vogan class. There's a Vogan class in there. Uh, I know there's a Vogan class at Block, but I don't know if it's part of NDY. <laughs> but there is, there is actually a Vogan class at Block, and I'm going. I'm going. Vogan's really fun, and I think Vogan's an important part of our popular culture at the moment, but I think it's like heavily miscredited. Mm -hmm. And so I've spent a lot of time making sure that NDY doesn't start appropriating like nuances yeah. that are popular in order for us to get people there. Mm -hmm. And so I purposely will do a hit class to R&B music okay. or pop mu uh, hip-hop music uh, that, will be, that will incorporate aspects of Vogan, but it's not about it's not a, Vogan a Vogan class. I don't want yeah. people that saying that and then be like, oh, can we do a heels class and can we do this? It's like, yeah, the yeah. point yeah. is you need to walk into the gym and learn how to master your body, um, mm -hmm. fix your body for all the things you do wrong, whether that be texting and scrolling on your phone poorly so you have upper curvature of the spine, mm -hmm. like not knowing which way you cross your legs or how it affects the other hip. Mm -hmm. Like learn about your body and then start to refine it and then master something. Mm -hmm. And so this is an entry point for people to start to be active. Yeah. It's not about being popular and having fun. Mm -hmm. And I'm so sorry to suck the fun out of it. No, but oh, it's, no, it's, it's still it's, fun, it's, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but you, if I hear the tunes... I feel if a I go, bit like Billy Blank. No, if, I go, <laughs> if I go to a hit class and I'm hearing the tunes I hear in Pussy Palace, I'm good. Yeah. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm good. Exactly, well, you come in and you're like listening to amazing music, like, mm -hmm. I don't know, like Nicki Minaj comes on at the last bit when you think you can't like do this machine gun boxing. Mm -hmm. and, then, um, and then you're like, wow, that was great. I want to come again. Yeah. Also, it's really, really wonderful to watch like queer people in this space, like with their girlfriends or boyfriends or partners mm -hmm. and all like having fun and egging each other on and like, and also just failing together, mm. like having fun and failing, like not being able to do it. Yeah. Um, uh, Ilsa, who's an amazing trainer at Block, does this thing where they line everyone up at the punching bags and then they play Toxic by Britney Spears. And like everyone has to be like in plank position with their boxing gloves on and you have to stay like that until she says toxic. And then you have to like machine gun punch the bag. And at first you're like, I can't do this. I'm going to kill myself. And then immediately you're That's like, no, no. actually yeah. I know this song and I yeah. know when toxic is coming. <laughs> yeah. And then you start like creating this like modular system of how you're going to get through the whole yeah. moment. And I think it's really fun. Are we going? Are we yeah, go? we, yeah. <laughs> You're not there now. That's no problem. But to answer your question, though, I really feel like NDY currently is creating this skeleton structure of like a boxing class, a hit class. Um, I think a yoga class is really great. What we did at another gym um, that was called Fly Yoga, mm -hmm. um, they have a massive like IMAX style screen at the beginning of the class. Mm -hmm. So like this whole wall would be a screen. And so we lit incense and we had mats everywhere and we played uh, a beautiful montage of Bollywood movies. And I curated a Hungama playlist of like all of these Bollywood songs and moments from the films. And so when you walked in, we decolonized yoga. 
Mm. Which is really funny because right now you have like Emma who went to Bali and she like took a yoga <laughs> class and like won't take her anklet off, but like, <laughs> like she and she wears spandex from whatever brand that she's wearing, and it's like that's really cute, but that's not how we do yoga. Yeah. And so to have brown people who are queer in this space, like doing downward dog, <laughs> lol. <laughs> Why of all the positions do I need to say that? Um, like doing that and actually really feeling like they're connecting to their culture. Cause mm. like, I mean, the history of yoga is like 100% ours. Yeah, mm. yeah, that's is, that is so true. And I like the fact that you, you fuse like the culture, the music, everything. Cause I feel like when we go into those spaces, we we feel othered. We don't feel like we're meant to be there. So it's really, really important to go in a space and feel like you're supposed to be there. Because if I go there, don't see people who look like me, I might not want to go back. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If I don't you won't go back. Well, you didn't yeah, go back. I didn't go back. But if I was hearing, I don't know, like some bashment tunes in the gym, I'd probably go back. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> well, that's what we were doing yeah. at um, a gym that I will not name that we were doing a spin class in. Um, we basically started doing these like incredible classes. We did like a night dykes spin. We did um, harpies spin, which is like the Europe's only um, Europe and the UK's only LGBTQIA strip club night. What? Like they were there, and we had go-go dancers, oh. and we had like everyone dancing. It, I was, say strip. it was incredible. <laughs> yeah. but the problem is like the the obstacle that I'm hitting right now, which I'm going to speak into the mic about, mm -hmm. is that queer people need to start encouraging people to get active mm -hmm. because like if we show them where our money is and our value is like if you come to an ndy class and give whatever you can mm. um to being a member or donating to the ticket like you can we can start showing the power of our pink pound like everyone loves to take our money yeah and what we need to do is start saying that we're going to nourish ourselves and we're going to be careful where our money goes mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i like that what has been some of the feedback from these classes oh the feedback has been absolutely incredible like it's it's really nice to hear people who are I just I don't want to go too personal so no one feels like they're um, being exposed but like we I've had a person come to the class who said hey listen like I'm a sex worker and I just don't feel comfortable in gyms and I just don't feel comfortable in changing rooms I'm I have this weird dysphoria with my body during the day mm. and oh, I thought that okay. was so interesting um, I've had people who come saying that they are in their 50s and 60s but they don't feel like they can go to a class but NDY creates a space for them and they can feel like they can meet younger people mm. um, I've I've had so many incredible interactions um, that I just I feel like they're not my stories to tell. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, you can go there and you can just forget everything and just do whatever you need to do. And I just hope to see you again. Yes. Mm. So last about NDY, how can everyone book a class? Like right now, if someone said, okay, I'm gonna go, what do they do? <laughs> <laughs> NDY is hosting their next class on July 7th in this gym, okay. which is gonna be really exciting because we're hosting a workshop um, with some incredible Olympians, um, which we will not name yet. Oh. We'll be announcing shortly. I'm, I'm and if you want to, to know are we who are, I think we'll ask into that. I think we'll ask into it. I'm having a conversation about um, the importance of visibility of queerness in Olympic sports and sports, mm -hmm. and how their failures and their queerness led them to greatness. Mm. I think it's a conversation everyone needs to hear. And then we'll be hosting the hit class, and then enjoying some light refreshments. Mm -hmm. And. Um, <laughs> And some bowls of some sort. Yeah. Which will be cute. So um, are you going to give us a hint about, about who the, <laughs> the Olympians are? <laughs> I wish I was into scarves and sweaters, because then, <laughs> then I would get something knitted. It's not a good hint. <laughs> I think it's an incredible hint. Mm, is it? They, then all nodding. Oh, all yeah. are nodding. All the cool people are like, we get it. Wow, I don't. <laughs> Do you get it? Yeah, we know who it is. We know what I mean, but the, <laughs> I know who it is, but I mean, <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. <laughs> the hint. 
Hinting. Wasn't yeah. hinting. The hint wasn't hinting, I would say. But yeah, yeah no. but everyone, you, you guys got it. Everyone got it. Yeah, everyone get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The audience is awake. They've passed the pop quiz. Okay, good, good. Well done. Well done. I'm, I'm glad about that. But I think we've got to talk about um, the map, like, you know, Adidas's new map that is interactive. Um, and that has basically, it just has a list of queer spaces that people, queer people can go to to be active. Because I don't think we've had anything like that ever. Never. And I think, you know, we've been having this conversation about like not fe feeling welcomed or not feeling included in spaces. So I think it's a brilliant, brilliant, like, new thing that is out now and you can find it on Adidas London on Instagram and Twitter and you can find spaces that you can go to so they've got like football they've got yeah, like football Stormwell spaces FC, yeah. they've got yeah they've got Romance FC obviously Block is one of them so that's really really important and I this think, studio as well and this studio yeah. it's an amazing <laughs> studio so I definitely think that people should check it out Absolutely. And I encourage everyone to use the map, engage with the map, mm -hmm. um, show us what's not included in the map, and also start finding out in those spaces who they identify with. Yeah. Like if there's a non-binary person, if there's a trans person at that gym who needs to be celebrated so more people can know that they exist. Mm -hmm. I think it's in gyms we need to start asking questions and be like, where is it? If we don't see it, why isn't it there? Yeah. And this map starts showing us who, where they are in their progress mm -hmm. and, um, and how we can support them. Because if they're successful, we can eradicate the others. Mm. <laughs> Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I go from like, I go from like, like. What extreme to like, I'm like, hey, get active and then kill everyone. Yeah, yeah. We have looked at the, um, the map and I mm -hmm. do hope that um, there are more spaces that are included on there because I guess some people want things that are even like, on their doorstep. I know when I go to the mm. gym, my gym is like 20 minutes down the road, but I want it to be five minutes down the road. Oh, yeah. It's a bit weird if someone doesn't run to their gym or like cycle to their gym. Right. Like, if you have to get like, on the bus. Well, you have to, like, I, mean, if, I mean, my PT's in the audience and like, <laughs> I cycled and he's like, you still have to skip to warm up. I was like, damn it. Yeah. But, like, it's a situation where like, I think that we should start thinking about activity in every day as well mm -hmm. like you don't just need to go to a gym class yeah. like you uh, one of the things that we did for ndy when um when we first started was we worked with an incredible uh, runner who started a running collective for young queer poc people and um he um made us run to all of our favorite gay venues and take a picture and tag Lovely. ndy in it and then run home mm -hmm. and like it just it just started the process of uh, moving your body mm. yeah I love oh, that's that. A good idea. Yeah. We get the bus everywhere. We need to do running. We get yeah. the bus to the gym. And yeah. You just be in the bus and take a picture. <laughs> and be like, hashtag, <laughs> hashtag sweating. That's Nana. Yeah. <laughs> the, little, the little swing. The little but the map yeah. is great and I think it's important and also like I really want I really feel the need to shout out CK from Block um, who is an incredible yin yoga teacher who is non-binary and I think if anyone is into that you should definitely take their class everyone hear that? yeah I feel like everyone's going to be in class the next one yeah. it's going to be packed yeah, I'm going to exactly. be there I'm going to be there yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 you said you're going to get back into the gym so I am they took the £40 pound out of my car I need to go <laughs> <laughs> I need to go back that's amazing <laughs> Cool. So also we have um, Maya from Pussy Palace as well. Mm -hmm. So Maya did uh, was skate for siblings on Sunday, which is last, now last week Sunday if you listen back to this podcast. Yep. And check out Maya's TikTok because it's all on there. It's amazing. And it's very interactive. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. And she talks about the map as well, which is really, really good if you want more information on that. But yeah, I think also like you touched on like lockdown and how that was for queer people as well because lockdown, I don't think I moved during lockdown. Really? Like I was working, I was like on my laptop most times in my bed. It was quite a depressing time, yeah. you know, and I didn't move. I didn't even go out for walks. And then even the little things like maybe going out for a walk or maybe like just getting some fresh air, seeing the sunlight is really, really important. So like 
what sort of like advice can you give to like people who, especially people at home who, LGBT people at home who are just having sort of like a rough time, like what advice would you like give to them to sort of get their mind out of the funk? Because it's hard, it's hard. Life is life in. Yeah, I mean, life is really difficult. Obviously, we as queer people, <laughs> we operate from a negative portion of our brain. So, mm. like, like when we when we wake up, we're like we're, we tell ourselves that we can't before we can. Mm. And so, like, I would say, get your favorite quote and like write it somewhere in your bathroom or like your bedroom, and then like something that you can read. Um, that's helped me. Um, I think like self validation is important. So, like, or get what you can do is get other people to write why they love you. And then, like, maybe keep that around the house. Okay. And what we did on NDY's website, which is ndyglobal.com, there's an article about, um, we called it, like, uh, well, I can't for the life of me remember the name of it. But what we did was we created a list. You basically work with your friends to create a list from, like, one to 100 of things that you need to, that you like to do when you feel like shit. Mm. And then you text your friends and say, I feel like shit. And someone will send you the number of, 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 on that list. And you do that. So it's allowing your friends to, to self-soothe you, mm. um, which was just incredible. Oh, yeah. um, it was really fun because like, I, I tried to do it with a friend as well, but I just ended up eating Doritos all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and that I, wasn't on the list, was it? Yeah, no, 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 now there's just Henry, my PT. Yeah. <laughs> How about you now? Same question to you. Hmm, what do I do? Now, like, obviously I'm in therapy because, you know, life has been life. But, but also, like, I'm The actually, gym took 40 pounds from me. <laughs> yeah, they took, took all the pounds, child. Um, but now, and yeah, it's free therapy as well. So, like, I okay. really feel like it's, it's, it's important because I think there's things around us that sometimes we don't know exist you know so I think what you're doing is amazing because like now we're able to share and able to get people in those classes but what I was doing now I do go for walks like I just go outside have fresh air because before I wouldn't even open my curtains yeah and my, I've got blacked out curtains really yeah that's really dark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. dark. Literally. Oh, yeah. Both, both <laughs> the word. yeah, we recorded our podcast yeah. um, on Zoom during lockdown, obviously, mm -hmm. and she was in the dark. I'm yeah, trying to look at you. You're in the dark. Yeah, <laughs> I was always in the dark. Yeah, but now, like, I make sure calling out. yourself out of it is really difficult. I think another piece of advice I can give is like a lot of us have these unrealistic expectations of what success looks like to us, mm -hmm. whether it be about our bodies or our careers or our mental health. Like, I just want to be happy. Mm -hmm. Happiness isn't a destination; it's a journey. Mm -hmm. And so, like, what I would recommend people do is like have a goal and just like try to do that for 10 minutes mm -hmm. and like just do that for a week for 10 minutes. Like if you're like, cool, I'll go for a walk for 10 minutes and then come back. Yeah. Then next week, maybe you'll just want to do 10 minutes again. Mm -hmm. And then maybe the next week you'll maybe do 15 because you've already been there. I think rep repetition mm -hmm. in a small capacity actually leads to growth. Yep. And so like, I mean, Henry, how many push-ups could I do when I first started training with you? Yeah. <laughs> Six. 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 And how many can I do now? Don't say seven. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there you go. Really and that's how many years? That was like a year and a half, two years. Yeah, yeah there we go. See, like, there's, there's yeah, no way that I can do Some days I do 20 easily. Some days I can only do five. Some days I just don't want to do them at all. So I just yeah. fall in sick. Yeah. <laughs> Did you hear that? <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's that consistency, though, and that honesty. Like, when, you're, when you get a therapist, you have to be honest. And, like, when you get a, a PT or someone that you work with, you need, to, you need to be like, this is how I'm actually feeling. You don't need to perform to them. They just want to help you. Mm -hmm. And, like, so acknowledge that as the queer community is super important. Yeah. And, like, our, our queerness is, like, the reason why we're going to be great and it's going to unlock something that no one thought possible. Yeah. But the reason why we won't find that is because we're not allowing it to happen within us. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. I, I think that um, for me as well, even having spaces and whether that's virtual and in-person place, that, that was really good for me and my mental health during the lockdown because yeah. obviously a lot of time I was just in my room and 
My room is small. <laughs> my room yeah. is small. Is it dark? So, no. Not my room like is my, my room is bigger than Nana's room. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, so for me, it was just virtual spaces, whether it was um, on like Clubhouse or mm. whatever it was. Like, yeah. especially we did a Clubhouse every single Friday, and all these people we've never met before would just yeah. tell them our business and they send us, they send us their business. Yeah. Yeah. And now we've met them in person, we've made friends. And for me, like, community is where I feel really good. Mm-hmm. Um, just because we share the joy, we share some of the bad things that we go through as well, yeah. and we hold each other. So yeah. for me, it's just about community. I think it's important as well because like oftentimes when you're going through it, you kind of isolate yourself from like other people and your family and friends and you're just in this dark hole by yourself but actually getting out and being around the people is really, really important. So even like the classes that you do, just in being, they, being able to interact with people, yeah. going through the same kind of similar journey of like fitness and wellness is really important, I think. So yeah, that's, mm. that's incredible. I think, I think you are right, 100%. I just, I do think it's important that we identify what a healing space is that has people in it and what our idea of community is when it comes to who we are, yeah. mm. especially as queer people of color, because we've created all these spaces that inherently have this hierarchy of cool. And all of a sudden you're like, you, you feel like you're okay in that space. And then mm. when you're on your phone, you're like, why did they get that paid partnership? Why did they get that mm. like? Why are they going viral? Oh, their TikTok's blowing up. Mm. It's like, we need to like, disengaged from that whole entire concept yeah. and we need to start realizing that sometimes you just need to be around people who see you mm-hmm. yeah people who just really are like are you okay or yeah. checking in with you mm-hmm. i mean i i can empathize with you when i when i stayed in london because i was going to move um during lockdown even though it wasn't allowed um and i decided to stay because i was like i built hungama and i just can't leave these kids here like i'm running this instagram account for it to go silent is just not the way forward yeah. and ndy was just like starting and i was like do i need to do this um I lived in a a little flat that I was fortunate enough to afford, but I just never saw the sky. And so, like, it wasn't until I moved out only recently that I realized that I, w- I couldn't see the sky every day. And so my, my room was just as dark as yours. Mm-hmm. But it was during that darkness that, like, I, create, I used Zoom in that capacity. It was you both were hosting your podcast through Zoom. I just want to make sure that as we sit here and this audience is sitting in front of us, that we don't just sit here and celebrate our work and how amazing we are. Mm-hmm. It's like, you're all amazing for showing up, first of all. And it's really important that, like, when you speak to each other, get to know each other and support each other. Like, our community is only strong if all the threads and the tapestry who we are are strong as well mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think for, for a lot for well for me personally it's not about sort of like who's cool and what, what the partnerships are and stuff yeah. like that like that's not what's important i think when it comes to me and my who i think in my tribe my community is like my close-knit friends yeah, yeah. checking on me like you know what's going on and like Come we're finding today. solutions like they're <laughs> you know they're right here do you know what i mean yeah. and that's that's really really important well, so when most of us queer people don't don't get a choice to leave the house like we we leave because we want to save ourselves and we're, we have to go find ourselves mm-hmm. so we end up in these large metropolitan cities that don't have our best interest mm-hmm. and so when we're here we make these friendships that are usually transient mm-hmm. like oh i've been here for like 12 years mm-hmm. and i've only now can count five people on my hand that i consider my core mm-hmm. and like and those are people who worry about me if i don't if i'm not last seen on whatsapp mm-hmm. like it, that and that's important yeah. like yeah. like you you gotta have people who are like hey no i got you i'm gonna stick around yeah mm-hmm. let's go to an ndy class mm-hmm. yeah. yeah definitely yes. yeah. and i think that what adidas is doing is amazing because mm-hmm. this activation is actually happening in new york as well mm-hmm. so it's soon so if anyone's listening from new york um do follow the um, instagram pages social media check the website because i think what adidas is doing is going to end up being worldwide mm-hmm. be amazing for everyone for us imagine we went somewhere to another country and this was available we access it. and we could access it. It's mm-hmm. not something we just at home. Um, you can feel at home wherever you go as a black or Asian, queer person, wherever. Yeah. And um, that would be amazing, wouldn't it? Mm. It would be amazing. Yes, yeah, 100% agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so now, yeah. So audience, the floor is yours. 
<laughs> question. So, yes. so I, I think the audience weren't really sure. So yeah. we're actually have a segment now for some questions for you guys to ask us. Um, so if anyone's got any burning questions, please do ask now. Yeah, don't ask all at once. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that question was about whether the spaces on the maps are um, accessible for people who are less able to use stairs, anything like that. Mm-hmm. We don't really come from an accessible like world city planner mm-hmm. like it, it, the fact is that like we're in london one of the oldest cities in the world everything is a small alleyway staircase or like absolutely no ramp and so with ndy what we like to do is work with the gyms to give that information of what accessibility they currently have mm-hmm. and then i always feed back to them saying how we need to fix their accessibility because someone being able to use one area of the space and not being able to get to the toilet or get to the changing room it's just simply not acceptable. Yeah. It's just not. Yeah. And so if we if we don't all agree that we can't validate that space or verify that space until that's fixed, then we won't solve the problem. Mm-hmm. I just always think that all spaces should automatically yes. access all the time. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter what the space is. I think the world um, just it needs to just be automatically accessible. Mm. Like yeah. it, it, it being a second thought is a bit of a problem. Yeah. And yeah, so I appreciate you asked that question because I've been thinking that as well. So that's a really good question there. But that's super cool. Super cool that you asked that, and also super cool that we are thinking about that as queer people in this space because like um, we have fought so hard to be included included sorry like in a white centered space mm-hmm. and now that it's like a qpoc centered space it doesn't mean that we don't include more people yeah. there is always more work to be done mm-hmm. yeah, always. so thank you for asking that always always so that question was what triggered your move to london ryan's move to london i love how it was framed as what triggered your <laughs> <laughs> um i i always want to live in a center of a metropolitan city um, I, when I was growing up, I just felt like Canada and Vancouver was just a bit too... We were just like through osmosis learning about the rest of the world and then bringing it in. I mean, we're just like, ah, in New York they do this, in LA they do that. And I was like, I honestly just want to create culture here. Mm. But no one gave a shit about me there. Mm. Like, I, I worked so hard to like put on exhibitions and put on like little events and stuff, but they just always hit a glass ceiling. Mm. Um, so when I came out of the closet, um, I... I still don't know whether I exiled myself or I left home, but my mum was very adamant about how my education would no longer get paid for. Mm -hmm. And so I just left and started working in a soup kitchen in a hostel. And I just started like saving up money and working as much as I could. And then I was like, girl, I got to get out of (laughs) here. I was like, because I can't be doing this. And this is like this is like the beginning of the Monopoly board again. Mm -hmm. And like, I just can't do it. So I um, found out that I could become British. (laughs) That is hilarious. (laughs) And so I was like, wait, my dad was born in England. So I like used the Internet. Uh, I think like it was before WhatsApp, before Instagram, before social media. I was literally just like on this like Canadian revenue like government thing and um, I just needed three pieces of information and then I remembered that my dad said that I've named you Ryan Lange so it, he doesn't sound like that I don't know why I'm doing that <laughs> um, he said I named you Ryan Lange because if there's ever anything that, that goes wrong you can just use your initial to be me mm-hmm. so I was him <laughs> <laughs> and I got the documents that's it's well, hilarious. I got the documents, <laughs> and within three months, I had a passport. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and wow. then I called my mom and said, I'm moving to London. She said, with what? With, with what? I have all the documents. Yeah. And I was like, mm-mm. <laughs> I called the Fijian Consulate General, and I got your marriage certificate. <laughs> I got my birth certificate, <laughs> and I got everything I need to go. So I literally told them within days, and I moved here. 
Some, do you know when you want to do something sometimes it's sink or swim something was you're gonna do it yeah what i love is the fact that london is a cultural laboratory and what i like to tell people is that london will never let you do what you want to do it'll only let you do what you're good at mm -hmm. and the rest of the time you're just pissing your time away mm -hmm. like trying to be other people is not what's going to make you great being yourself is what's going to make you great 100 percent, 100 percent. i love that so that question was jake daniels recently came out as the as a, as a footballer that came out, and um, what can sports brands be doing to make people more inclusive, more queer people more inclusive into sporting? Mm. You know what, I think when you have locker room culture, I saw we used to play basketball, and we have locker room culture, a lot of, I know, the ignorances and stuff like that, that's where it's built. Mm -hmm. And I think that sometimes in, the, in the, those locker rooms is where you need to pattern people, I reckon. Mm -hmm. And so whether that's um, people calling up each other out, people standing up for each other, and sometimes even the coach just coming in and just saying, listen, I don't want to hear anyone said this, I want to hear anyone's done that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's what it is. Sometimes a lot of people look up to their coaches as well. Um, so I feel like if these uh, sports brands work with any coaches, um, there could be training that's done, consultation can be done as well, um, just to come in and speak about the things that you shouldn't be doing. I think sometimes even little slurs, you might feel like it's a joke, but that could be triggering somebody's trauma. Mm. And um, so I think, especially that consultation, speaking to queer people as well, people who are not in sports um, and coming in and just saying, this is who I am, this is what my experience is, is and this is what you can do to make it better. Um, that would help, especially for, even there's a lot of people in sports that don't want to come out. So when I play basketball, we're all lesbians now. But then none of us, none of us were lesbians apparently at, at, at the time. And it was because of the locker room. It was because of the things that we all used to say. It's because of the slurs we heard. Um, and our coach was even a lesbian as well. So like, imagine if we knew that at yeah. the time. Well, we did know, but no one asked her. So imagine if we could just go up to her and speak to her. Like that was our like queen at the time. So that would have been amazing just to speak mm. to her. Um, so yeah, I think that is good as well. And also, like, I think obviously we always say that you can't be what you can't see. And I know there's not a lot of like queer sports people, but the ones that are out there, like, we have to put them up. We have to put them up on that pedestal. We have to make sure that they're visible, so that the younger lot who are coming up, who are you know in these football training camps and all these things, can look up to these people and see, oh my God, it is possible to be queer and to be into sports. Yeah, you know, you have to be able to see it to be it. And we, as the queer community, should find out who these people are who are courageous and brave brave enough to come out in an industry that is a, like who would like to eradicate queerness mm. and we support them indefinitely like we we champion them we we watch the shows we watch their challenges they say, I really don't know sports <laughs> <laughs> their shows and challenges <laughs> anyways point is that we need to encourage them to target who oppressed them mm -hmm. so we uh, in the QPOC community in the BIPOC community we basically start calling people out and that's how we become famous and iconic is because someone said it and then now all the brown want to partner with them so what they need what we need to do is because they've come out we need to empower them that they can start tackling the toxic masculinity and assist straight infrastructure and start telling them that what they did was not okay mm -hmm. and they have the power of our people behind them mm -hmm, mm -hmm, definitely and another thing that brands can do i think that sports brands can uplift those who are just have decided to come out a bit more as well um, include them in campaigns um let them speak about their stories and um not and also include their sport it's not because they're just footballer now he doesn't really be known as the gay footballer yeah, so that's not just not his brand do you know what i mean he's a footballer so um it'll be good to like importantly um and safely and intentionally fuse the two together and just yeah. make that his brand i guess he's just the person yeah true but it takes time, though. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, we need to remember that um, homosexuality was decriminalized like only like 50 or 60 years ago here. And but in, if you were to flip that, 
it's only taken 50 years from it being a death penalty to being something that's celebrated by everyone. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's like, and that was through collective, like unity, visibility, and representation. Mm -hmm. So imagine how much more we could do in the next 50 years. It's not yeah. gonna happen quickly, but yeah. we all need to wake up and get involved. Yeah, they said representation matters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what they say. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. it does. <laughs> But not just on an <laughs> advertisement during one time of year when they decide to pay yeah. for the rainbow. It's like yeah. representation matters all the time. Oh, yeah, Do not spend your money on it if it doesn't have representation. Mm -hmm. 100%. 100%. But come to NDY. <laughs> <laughs> and watch my show. Yeah. I mean, I so want to be... That, that question, where's, where are there any apps or websites for, to access any classes for NDY? So ndyglobal.com <laughs> ndy is where we house all of our classes. Um, we hit a moment where like, it was just one of those things where it was so popular that it started to scale up too, way too quickly. And when we were asking people to get involved, everyone's like, oh, it's such a great idea. And I came to a class, but like, mm. thumbs up. But it's like, that's not going to work. What we need to do now is that people need to access all the classes in the gyms, come to NDY with us, and start meeting other people. And then we as a group can start figuring out what places are offering these, like, these skills or these techniques or these sports. And it's like, there's no, asking me, like, where can I go play football is like, is asking a lot because I don't even know what a sport is. <laughs> but I, I mean, you did not just hear me earlier. <laughs> but what I'm saying is that if you come to the classes and I find that out, I'll investigate for you. I'll do the work. Mm -hmm. and, I, and NDY will do the work. But um, we need to do it together. Yeah, definitely. Also, check out Stonewall FC as well. Stonewall FC, um, they do queer football. But you knew that. Yeah. And you let me answer. <laughs> <laughs> you asked about NDY. <laughs> So check out Stonewall FC. <laughs> See, if, if you came to the DY class, I would have that information. And I would have been I'm, like... I'm, we'll be listen, there. I'm July 7th. <laughs> I hope it's not overpacked, you know. Don't, no, it's it's not, <laughs> I'm coming, we'll I'm be coming. there. Yeah. We're all going to be knitting. <laughs> <laughs> Any more questions? That question was, where does Ryan feel seen? Podcasting? I mean, I... Everybody. I'm a bit of a culture vulture, so there's moments where like I can like I see myself in a lot of things. I'm a bit of a chameleon. But the problem is that once, once you start to see yourself everywhere you don't really know who you are and so recently like I've, I've been sitting with myself like asking myself like what is my favorite color and like I would I personally as someone who seems like they're really like um extroverted like if someone told me to put on music by myself I wouldn't know what to listen to mm. and if someone told me to like like go choose something to eat for dinner I wouldn't know what I'd want to eat mm. because I've never been allowed to want anything for myself and so with the discourse of my work, it's always been in reaction to what I thought our people didn't have. And so it is a, it's, it's a thankless and also like a pleasing. But at the end of the day, like I'm still getting to know myself. Like, like if I, I don't want to be on my own and I don't want to read a book and I don't want to listen to music. I want to be with people because then I can be like them. But instead, this is the first time in my life I'm actually being like, no, I'm just going to be like me. Yeah, mm. I love that. I love that. I love that. You, I, I don't really think I feel seen just yet. We maybe need to give it like 10 years because I think there's still a lot of work for like media and films and stuff to do. Like, so I'm really looking to see more of me in things. And that's why I'm that's why I started filmmaking because I want to see myself in things and mm -hmm. I wanted to see myself and that's why I'm on my new TV show yeah. <laughs> our party agency on BBC 3 9pm 9pm <laughs> but I, that's actually really funny that you say that because I, I was on a reality show on Netflix recently called The Big Flower Fight yeah. mm -hmm. and I when we got a phone call to do it it, it just it, it, 
it comes back to what you're saying. Like, I was able to do anything for anyone. So when they were like, can you be a florist? I was like, yeah, of course, I'll do whatever you want. And I went on there and I ended up winning that whole show. But the reason I did it was because of the fact that I never saw anyone like myself completely out of their depth. And I was like, even if I fail, at least I tried. Mm -hmm. And if I'm good at it, I'll succeed. Yeah, mm. yeah. That's really cool. But just I, don't give up on yourself while you're trying to find yourself. Yeah. But I think another place, actually, one place I do feel seen is like, I'm seeing music now. I'm seeing like, I'm hearing music and I'm hearing like women using, you know, she, her pronouns for their love interest. And I love that. That's oh. one thing that makes me really happy like now these days. So Yeah, I, I see myself in Cat Burns' music video. <laughs> yeah, you were in Cat Burns' music video. <laughs> it was me. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, do you know what's funny? Because just about seeing yourself in things, um, there's so there's so many things about us as individuals. Mm -hmm. You're never going to see yourself in anything fully. Mm -hmm. um, so I think just appreciating that you are there are differences in each other is mm -hmm. that's making me feel seen anyway mm -hmm. as it is. Mm -hmm. um, I think that we watched Twenties um, on BBC. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that has a black masculine presenting a woman in it, and they're but they're American. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I see myself to a certain extent uh, in yeah, it. Like yeah. we have a different culture here, um, and then when we're filmmaker, maybe Nana says, "I'm not going to be a filmmaker," but that is, do you know what I mean? So there's different things that you see yourselves in. Um, but I think I think it's important when you do yourself, see yourself in a little bit of it. It's mm. okay. It's okay if it's just a little bit. Do you know what I mean? But it needs to be something. It needs to be yeah. Something. You're absolutely right. Like, if you find a fraction of yourself in it, that just means that you have more to add. Mm. Yeah. And, and, like, so, like, you're a full picture and, like, you're multifaceted. And so, like, if you're like, oh, I kind of see myself there, that means, like, get deeper in it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. If you yeah. kind of see yourself in a boxing class, keep boxing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, do you know what? I went to a boxing class, boy. Yeah. Yeah. When, did you, when did you go to a boxing class? <laughs> do you know what? You've been, you've been, you were supposed to go to a boxing class and they're taking money out of the account. <laughs> taking money out of your account, babe. She's me out now. <laughs> I signed up to the membership and it was one of the contract ones and I went to two classes for the whole year while I was paying for the whole year. <laughs> anyway, <sh> <laughs> Anyway, so that's what we One more quick classes. Yeah. Yeah. One more, yeah. Well, mine are free, so you can't complain. I'll be there. Yeah. I'll be there. <laughs> one more question. Oh, that, that question was asking if um, a brand like Adidas, how can they get involved with the queer community um, just to support us and uplift us outside of um, brandings and sports and stuff like that? I am going to give you two answers. And the first one is that I'm already humbled by Adidas' contribution to NDY success and giving us a space and also like giving me a voice in the community uh, as I never dreamt in my life that I would ever be sitting here in collaboration with Adidas. But I was the kid at the equivalent of JD Sports in Canada begging my mom for a pair of Adidas track pants and a track jacket that we couldn't afford. And I just really remember it because it was black with yellow stripes. And I was like, I really want it. And she's like, you look like a bumblebee. And I was like, no, please, I really want it. And um, so... Fast forwarding 30 some odd years and being able to sit here is like a hugely wonderful thing. So I'm grateful for Adidas. I think what's really important that what Adidas can do that isn't an amount of work, but the quality of work is not trying to put their name on things just to so, just so they can say they're doing it. Mm. So like this acronym, all day I dream about sports. I think it's important that we start all day I dream about success. Someone didn't, know, someone didn't know that. I, yeah. was today, I was today years old when I figured out what Adidas was. <laughs> yeah, I think just to add as well, it's just important to get involved in things within the community. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Just things that we're doing every single day and just not make it like a huge, but just not huge deal because that's our everyday lives. Yeah. Yeah. Just make it a part of your everyday mission as well. well we so we wear it, it every day because some of us can't afford anything else. And some of us, we wear it every day because of the fact that we aspire to be in something. Mm -hmm. And so if we're going to wear your logo, just make sure you got our backs. Yeah, that's it. And I think that's a beautiful way to end this podcast. <laughs>
Okay, thanks for coming, everybody. And everyone that's listening on Spotify, thanks for listening. Uh, make sure you listen to Tutu's podcast next week, Wednesday. Make sure you use the hashtag Tutu's podcast and conversation on the Twitter. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Rate reviews on Spotify. And until next week, peace. peace. <laughs> <laughs>